Hey there, folks. Happy Thursday to you. This is uh, Truth and a Thousand Words or Less. Once again, my name is Stephen Craig, host and author of Truth and a Thousand Words or Less. So happy you could be here. Join us. Um, you know, it's funny. I oftentimes on um, I oftentimes will record uh, Truth and a Thousand Words or Less uh, in advance, in order uh, the podcast version in advance. Um, and then, uh, and then put it out on Thursdays. And, uh, this week I just, uh, wasn't able to do so. We, uh, yeah, to be perfectly honest, uh, had, had the kiddos and, um, and then we were having work done on the house. It was incredibly loud and noisy. And, uh, this is the first opportunity I've had to record it. Um, I should probably do, uh, record it, um, the podcast version after, um, after I publish the column more often, because uh, it gives me an opportunity to speak to some of the comments and the feedback that I get back and to answer some of that, both positive and negative. Um, and uh, this week, I, I ended up writing about uh, the series of uh, voter uh, suppression laws, most notably the uh, the one in Georgia, which is obviously so egregious, uh, a state which saw a, uh, a really a blue wave come across two uh, Democratic senators uh, now uh, from the state of Georgia and of course the first um, the first presidential candidate to win the state of Georgia uh, since 1992 since Clinton and uh, and of course what is the Republican reaction to that uh, to uh, the reaction to you know a series of losses across the country um, has been to try to restrict voting. All upon this false premise um, that, in fact, somehow or another, uh, that uh, there has been widespread voter fraud, which is patently false. Um, and it's funny because, I, as I said, I, I should wait to see some of the comments because the comments, the negative comments about the column uh, fell into two camps. The first of which was uh, that somehow or another um, that there has been that these laws were necessary um, because of the fact that there was widespread voter fraud. Folks, if you listen to this um, or you read Truth in a Thousand Words or Less and you believe that there has is any evidence whatsoever of widespread voter fraud, um, anything that would be uh, paramount to in any way, shape, or form in impacting the outcome of the election, send it here. I'm more than happy. I've always tried to be open-minded and fair-minded. I'm open to taking a look and, and viewing any of it. Um, but 61 cases went to court and all but one of them failed. And the reason is that it's nonsense. And even more, like the people now, what's, what's even crazier to me is that people are still believing this complete and utter fabrication that there was any voter fraud, voter fraud whatsoever, despite the fact that all of the people who were out there putting out this misinformation, um, namely the news sources in particular, Fox News, America One, Newsmax, all of them had to air retractions on their own, um, on their own airwaves because they were being sued uh, for, for, for lying about the election. And they knew that, uh, they were going to, that those suits were going to prove victorious, uh, and that they were going to be paying lots of damages. Um, not only that, uh, but Sidney Powell, who was, uh, 
Trump's personal lawyer at one point during this whole debacle, uh, who was claiming all sorts of uh, notions of widespread voter fraud. Uh, she herself was being sued. And what was her response to that suit? Not She didn't try to come out and try to claim, oh, you know what, here's the evidence I have that what I was saying was true. No, her response to the lawsuit was, well, no reasonable person would have taken what I was saying as fact. Not only did people take it as fact, they still do. Even after this nutbag continue has come out and said no one no reasonable person should take should believe me any reasonable person would know i was completely lying even then they still believe her so the republican strategy on this whole voter fraud thing has been to lie their flipping asses off and then when they're caught in their lies to go oh well no one would have really believed us about these lies even though they know continue to perpetuate the exact same lies, and now try to use those lies as justification for voter suppression laws. Not only do they know that their base believes it, right? They sit there and want to say no reasonable person believes it, but they know that their base is being hand-fed this, spoon-fed this crap and nonsense and ingesting it wholesale. But then they go ahead and enact legislative policy taking away the rights of voters trying to get, trying to restrict voting laws, all predicated on this very false notion. So to sit there now and say, oh, we, you know, this is uh, complete nonsense. We shouldn't be believed. That, it, while they're in lawsuits, is just mind-blowing. Um, and it's incredible to me the amount of ignorant, willful ignorance from their base that somehow or another continues to allow them to get away with it. Um, the second thing that I heard as a response to the column was that somehow um, these voter voter uh, suppression laws were now necessary, um, that we now need to have voter ID. And when I said, well, the, con you know, the founders of the Constitution didn't suggest that uh, you needed to have an ID in order to show up to vote, uh, the response I got was, well, you know, when they wrote the Constitution, they didn't realize, they didn't know what the modern society would look like and, um, and that they would need to do that. So let's apply that same logic then to the Second Amendment, right? Because I don't know if you know, but when the Second Amendment was written, it took at least even a sharpshooter, somebody really trained with a, with a, a weapon of the times, maybe could have gotten off two shots in a minute as compared to the what we deal with now with a semi-automatic where you can get out rounds of ammunition every minute. So if we take that same logic that we can adapt, that the Constitution needs to be adapted and interpreted through the lens of a modern context, why are we not doing the same thing with the Second Amendment, which is a much more clearly pressing change in terms of the technology that's involved? Why are we not applying that same sort of thinking of, well, if we need to, uh, if we need to somehow or another understand the limitations of the Constitution when it comes to voting, um, within by the understandings of a modern context, why would we not be doing the same thing with the Second Amendment? The answer is that Republicans time and time again lie to their base. They steal and they cheat. And I'm sorry, I, I, I know some really good people out there who are Republicans. I know it. But these voter suppression laws, you can't, you can't be in favor. You, there's no evidence whatsoever 
um, I'm going to mention it in the piece, but a number of investigations have been done, have been done by, led by Republicans, and they continue to turn out nothing. If you as a Republican listen to this and you somehow or another believe that there is evidence of vote, widespread voter fraud, send it to me. My uh, my email address, as always, is www. Whatever. It's craigdogs at yahoo.com. Craigdogs at yahoo.com. Or um, you can use my professional email address. That's truth and a thousand words or less. That's a thousand with uh, one zero zero zero. All right. Truth and a thousand words or less at gmail.com. And with that, I bring you this week's Truth and a Thousand Words or Less, entitled, If You Can't Beat Them, Cheat. Way back in 1982, when I was an aspiring young Little League pitcher, and my dad, who had never played competitive baseball in his entire life, was coaching my team, I remember a particularly painful loss and the invaluable lesson my father, coach, hero, role model, taught me that fine spring afternoon. Son, he said to me with an air of dignified composure, if you can't beat your competition, well, always be sure to cheat. We haven't spoken since. All right, of course I'm joking here. My dad may not have always been the best of role models. He recently taught his grandson how to sneak out of the house without getting caught. But the lesson he instilled in me that day has actually become a permanent fixture in my moral code of conduct. You see, what really happened was that I was throwing a huge fit. <laughs> Trust me, it's not one of my proudest moments. I, I, when I went to go write this piece, I remembered, reflected back on it and shook my head in horror. Um, tossing my glove to the ground and screaming at the umpire after what I felt was a bogus series of erroneous balls and strikes calls. Um, by the way, later video evidence confirmed the uh, accuracy of the umpire's judgments. What my dad really told me at the time, before immediately sitting my ass on the bench, was, Son... In life, you are going to win some and you are going to lose some. But if you hold yourself with dignity and respect, you will always be a winner. Apparently, a number of Republican state legislators and governors could stand to heed my dad's advice. When your entire party is roundly defeated in national elections, losing both houses of Congress and the presidency, we generally refer to that as a mandate from the people. Or, put in layman's terms, a Chuck Norris-style ass-whooping. That's what Republicans were handed by voters this past November. Voters across the country showed up in droves to deliver their message loud and clear. They expressed their pent-up frustrations over the past four years of xenophobia, misogyny, racism, and economic policies that favored the very wealthiest Americans and furthered the growingly untenable schism of wealth distribution in our country. Fed up with politicians who seemed to care more about corporations than working-class Americans and who enacted legislation to curb the rights of every single population demographic other than gun-toting older white men, Americans voted Republicans out en masse. And no state echoed that sentiment more convincingly than Georgia. For the first time since 1992, Georgia voted blue in a presidential election, which also happened to be the last time the state had two elected Democrats as senators. In a matter of pure coincidence, 1992 was also the year I drank my first legal beer. <clears throat> Notice I put the word legal in there. Now, for most reasonable people, this would have compelled a moment of deep reflection and reevaluation of the wildly unpopular policies that manifested in the blue wave that was their undoing. But it did it do so for Georgia legislators? Of course not. No, they, like many Republican-led state legislators, 
have doubled down on their disenfranchisement of minority voters and opted instead to pass sweeping legislation to curb voting rights. In other words, instead of hearing the message voters sent them, they opted for a different path. They decided to cheat. All across the nation, Republican governors and state legislators have proposed legislation curtailing the rights of American citizens to vote, a right constitutionally provided them and which serves as the very bedrock of our American democracy. Since their overwhelming defeat in November, Republicans have introduced an astonishing 306 bills that attempt to restrict voter rights, with at most targeted at absentee voting. Their rationale for doing so has been that absentee balloting makes our elections more susceptible to voter fraud. The problem with this, of course, is that it is patently false. The fact is that there is zero evidence of widespread voter fraud in this country, either with in-person or absentee voting. But that doesn't stop Republican leaders from spreading the big lie nonetheless, using this as justification for repressing voters who, go figure, vote against them. Even Sidney Powell, Trump's personal attorney who continued to disseminate false claims of widespread voter fraud, recently responded to a defamation lawsuit from Dominion Voting Machines, whose machines were not even being used in many of the states she claimed they helped rig, by suggesting that, quote-unquote, no reasonable person would have believed her accusations to be factually accurate. But since we still have a number of folks out there who clearly aren't reasonable, otherwise known as morons, let's review the facts again, shall we? The Brennan Center for Justice reviewed elections that had been meticulously studied for voter fraud and found incident rates between you're going to have to deal with these numbers because they're unbelievably small, 0.0003% and 0.0025%. Given this tiny incident rate for voter impersonation fraud, it is more likely, the report noted, that an American will be struck by lightning than that he will impersonate another voter at the polls. But in case that doesn't convince you, let's go with a Republican-led investigation, shall we? Kansas Secretary of State Chris Kobach, a longtime proponent of voter suppression efforts, argued that his office needed special powers to prosecute voter fraud because he knew of a hundred such cases in his state. This was all after the uh, 2016 election in which um, Trump suggested that uh, he had actually won the popular vote. After being granted these powers, he brought six, yes, you can count them on your hands, cases of which only four have been successful. In other words, even Republicans know this is bullshit. But integrity and truth have never stopped them before, so why should they now? Confronted with the stark reality that the majority of the American public hates them and their policies, they have had to pivot to a new way of retaining power. Cheating. And by cheating, I mean stealing, pe stealing people's right to vote. These laws are the very antithesis of what our country was founded upon. The notion of free and fair elections in which every American citizen has the right to have their vote counted. Faced with the prospect of being removed from office, they have not attuned their policies to the will of the American people, but rather resorted to the kinds of dirty tricks and gamesmanship that make Bill Belichick and Tom Brady look like altar boys. Aimed at suppressing the very voters that cast out so many of their colleagues in 2020, Republicans have proposed bills that would remove drop boxes, 
lessen voting hours, and even criminalize bringing food and water to voters waiting in the incredibly long lines they have created. So what's a beaten up electric to do? Screw these assholes. That's what we should do. Show up to vote again in 2022 and every election thereafter and remove from government office any elected official who has the unmitted audacity to support these traitorous pieces of legislation intended to deprive Americans of their constitutional right to vote. Maybe then, and only then, will they finally get the message to never underestimate the will of American voters. All right, folks, that's it for this week's Truth in a Thousand Words or Less. We do so appreciate you uh, tuning in each week, uh, sharing it with your friends and family, even uh, the ones who disagree. Um, that's part of the process, you know. We, uh, we It's not here. Uh, you know, it's funny. I have friends of mine who ask me about all of the negative feedback sometimes. And uh, to be honest, I, I, I wrote about this a while back. I, I, I like the, you know, I'm just glad uh, to have people um, – that's part of the dialogue is to have people who disagree. Um, and I appreciate their comments uh, just as much as I do the people who uh, who love it and support it. So um, spread it out there. Uh, spread the truth. We appreciate it. Um, we'll be back next Thursday, same time, same place. Until then, peace out, everybody.